Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to tonight's episode of NS9 Idol. I'm your host, Jim Rosati. With me tonight, we've got Neil. We've got Doug. Everybody, happy new year. I feel like it's been a year. I feel like I haven't seen you guys since last year. It's been Man. a long time. I think you used that on your last podcast. Come on. Bro. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. I, I just did that because I come know up with something Denardo's. Yeah, God, I know it's Denardo's watching. You know. I'm a teacher who went back yeah. to school yesterday. I heard that joke maybe 25 times. Yeah, so, I mean, it's we had to, we had to sneak it in here. We had to sneak it in. <laughs> But uh, no, I hope you guys had a had a really good, you know, holiday break, New Year's, all that. Um, New Year's was good for everybody. Yes, good sir. Year's. Yeah, nice and quiet. Yeah. yeah, I actually I I traveled home to Pittsburgh for New Year's, so I was I was in Pittsburgh for uh, for New Year's Eve. That was that was fun. It was wild how like New Year's and the Ohio State Georgia game ended. Like it was like the exact same time. Like unless you had two TVs, you you basically missed one of the other. Oh no, we were, we were so mad we had to turn it off to do the ball drop, and then we missed the, the field goal happening. We were no no one was happy. Yeah, no. So if you're an Ohio State fan, like Tyler, Tyler, Tyler's been in a bad mood really for like three days now. Tough loss. Ohio State lost. His favorite bar just closed. Like his oh. one bar in his one town that he lives in, it's closed. It's. Say say some prayers for Tyler. He's struggling. Yeah, no, it's he's on the struggle bus. But no, like I said let's uh, let's get right into this today. Like I said, thanks for thanks for hopping on here. This is round two of NS Nine Idol. Um, so we're gonna start off same format as last time. Um, you know, each of our each of our guests have brought a topic to the table for tonight. Um, we flipped a coin before uh, before the show started. Doug won. Doug deferred. So, Neil, what's your topic? Let's uh, let's start things off. Okay, so this one's um, going to be one that, like more open to everyone because my topic is uh, how do we get a 2022 Orioles or a 2021 Tigers out of this team? Because obviously that has to be the goal. Like the goal has to be that we're taking that next step forward in our um in our trajectory tour competition because i know the goal is 2024 so this year there has to be an improvement and to be fair i think that the team is better um there's better bullpen there's better hitting there's better fielding i would rich hill is actually a pretty decent signing but as i, I like posed a question to you I was like what has to go right and what really threw a wrench in this is that the fact that i was kind of under the assumption brian reynolds was staying and after seeing the Mackey news today, I don't really think so. And so I think hitting that threshold of 81 wins or like 80 wins or something like that is going to be much, much harder, if that makes any sense. But the, so well, I'll highlight three things from what I've noticed between like the, the Tigers and the Orioles. The first one is elite bullpen pitching which I think is going to be the biggest hurdle to the Pirates. Both the 2021 or uh, Tigers and the 2022 Orioles had lights out bullpen that they got for basically nothing. They, they were almost all home run guys or waiver wire claims. And so I think you're going to have to look at guys like Stevenson stepping up, Holderman becoming the guy we're suppo he's supposed to be. 
Bednar being healthy for a year, Yeri taking steps forward, Will Crow not having his arm fall off, and maybe Chase DeHong repeating the magic that he had last year, even though I don't really buy him doing that again this year. I don't know about what you guys think. Um, and also elite defense. The 2022 Orioles played some amazing defense. And I don't know if the Pirates can replicate that this year. Uh, I know I like Cruz and Hayes on the left side, but the rest and Choi's a good defensive first baseman, but I mean, the rest of the team is kind of mediocre at best. And so I just wanted to pose that like, what, those are what I noticed, but I wonder what, what you guys would think it would take to get this team to 81 wins. And let's for the fun of it, assume Reynolds sticks around. Yeah, good question, Doug. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? How well, can this team take take that big of a step forward? And I, I, I mean, hey, I hate to say this, but it's really internal improvement, right? I mean, it's it's Hayes stepping up and hitting a little better. Mm-hmm. It's Cruz cutting down errors and and hitting better, getting on base more. It's Sawinski getting on base, cutting down strikeouts. Uh, the you know progression from uh, Keller and Contreras, and uh, the best the best thing that's happened to the bullpen this year is it looks like our starting pitching might be okay. And hopefully in April, they won't all be throwing three innings and then go into the bullpen. Cause I mean, our bullpen was okay and we've got some talented arms in it, mm-hmm. but most of, I mean, you know, Will Crow, you know, <laughs> was dead. Bednar was overused. And yeah, I'm not, I think we should trade Bednar. I love him. I love the story. I love renegade. I love it all. He looks to be kind of a heavy set, out of shape guy that's not getting used properly, and I I could just see him just falling off a cliff, you know, at any point. Now, you know, I mean, we have other arms, um, but I think we could trade him now to a contender, maybe get some, you know, get something good. And any the other issues, it's the Brian Reynolds issue. We have to get an an outfielder, and not in that trade. More than likely, in that trade, we should get pitching, and. You know, we already had, obviously we could use someone with ace-like stuff, but if we get somebody like that, you know, he's not playing until June, (laughs) third week in June. Mm -hmm. Um, And so even his, uh, his, his impact is going to be somewhat lessened. And uh, I mean, again, I would love to see Swaggerty blow up, but I'm not counting on it. Kanan Smith and Jigba may, you know, Cal Mitchell. I, I really think if we trade Reynolds, then in a separate trade, we need to find, um, a, a, you know, a three plus war outfielder, somebody, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not putting my faith in Andahar, Connor, Joe. I mean, they might help, but we need okay. a legitimate player. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I will at least say like I, the, the rotation is probably the biggest thing that the team has improved on because we won't be throwing out Bryce Wilson and Zach Thompson every five days we have the arms where we can actually put five decent guys out. And if you need to go to that depth, well, we have Priester, Burroughs, and Ortiz that are going to be chilling out in AAA. And not that I wish injury on any of these guys, but it would be kind of nice if one of them just happened to have a small IL stint that forced them to call someone up and put them on the MLB roster. So, like, they stay for good because that's what happened with Contreras last year. But in terms of the lineup, and I agree, Reynolds, if Reynolds goes, yeah, you need a center fielder because – I like Bay. I don't know if he's going to be the complete answer in center. I think he's going to be more of a utility guy that can play center. He can play second base. 
Um, but I do think that I actually kind of like the Connor Joe signing. I think he pairs really, really well with Jack Suwinski because Connor Joe mashes left-handed pitching. That's what he's good at. And he can play a decent glove out in right field. And then you've also brought in the Santana and Choi, um, Santana and Choi platoon. And so we're not running into this issue last year where we would basically be useless against the left left-handed starter. Like there were there were certain games we went into where like oh it's a lefty it's game over we're we're starting six lefties against some it, it, it was it was over from the beginning six lefties hitting two hundred right? yeah. no it, it was it was awful and so it like, wasn't. like and so like you know it's basic roster construction that we're finally getting to um, but I actually do agree because like if Hayes hits like at hundred and ten WRC plus this year he's a five to six win player that is a huge jump. Having Cruz for an entire year is huge. Um, and I think it depends on how soon the, the kids come with us. Like, how soon do we get Endy? Because I'm actually conveniently convinced he's going to be a star. Like, everything about his profile I just love. Um, so if you can get, a, like, a lineup with Endy, like, even if, Hayes, if, if Reynolds goes and you have a hitting Hayes, Endy, and Cruz, like, those are three huge players that we just wouldn't have had last season. Yeah, I mean, you bring up, um, you brought up the Orioles, last year's Orioles, and I think we can, you know, one major jolt to that team, and it kind of parallels the Pirates going into this year, was they had a stud catcher, right, who came up and Mm -hmm. just hit the ground running. And, I mean, you could argue that that Adley was, you know, top two or three catcher in the American League last year. Um, And so I think that's what you're kind of hoping you get out of Andy Rodriguez, that once he comes up, he kind of hit, he hits that ground running mm-hmm. and he becomes like a star right away. Um, I, I think that is a necessity, you know, if you're wanting to to kind of take that next step, like you said, I also agree. Like key Brian Hayes is a big key to all of this because I think, you know, like no matter what key Brian Hayes is going to be a solid major leaguer. Yeah. I think he's already proven that like just with his glove alone, he doesn't have to hit. He's going to be fine. But if he does hit, he's adding a whole lot to his profile that, you know, we saw maybe like in that that month or so that he had his rookie season in the in the, the short year of 2020. I'm not saying like he has to do that, but if he can show just some sort of life with that bat and become an above average hitter, then yeah, you're looking at a really good baseball player. I don't know if the Pirates can take that step if Brian Reynolds isn't on this team because yeah. internal options just don't exist. They're not like right there. now. Yeah, like from mm-hmm. a, from an outfield standpoint, the the internal <laughs> options aren't there. It's so bad. Like, yeah, so <laughs> I guess to kind of piggyback on this, like let, let's assume let's assume for now that Brian Reynolds is on the team. You still need some of these outfielders to step up, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to kind of think, you know, that Suwinski, Connor Joe, Platoon is maybe one piece of it. But, you know, out of those other outfielders on this team, who who are you guys thinking is going to be that guy? Like, who's going to be that guy to take the reins in that other corner outfield spot? So, I don't like this guy because I think he should have been cut after what he did to his girlfriend. But um, it's going to be G1 Bay in my eyes. The guy is super fast. Like, I, he is, to me, is if Jack, if um, Travis Swaggerty was good. He's lightning mm-hmm. fast. He has a plus glove in both the outfield. He can man center if he needs to, but he can also fill in a second base with Castro. 
He has really good um, bat the ball skills. His his bat speed is great. He doesn't hit for the power you might like to see, but I would say it's either Bay or Smith uh, Cannon because, I mean, unless you think Jared Jones is the guy, (laughs) is that his name? Uh, Well, there's, I mean, as far as other outfielders, I mean, uh, Jared Triolo. Yeah, well, Shirl is um, like a he, isn't he like a like utility guy? Yeah, but he kind of plays all over. Um, mm-hmm. But like as far as I mean, the other guys you've got, Cal Mitchell, right? Um, nope. Andujar, Swaggerty, Kanan Smith, and Jigba. I, I, I don't want Andujar on the opening day roster, so I, I think he's a lost cause. I guess. <laughs> and then there's Marcano and <laughs> and Marcano and Valade. Those are the other outfielders. Yeah, Valade. and then Gorski. <laughs> Yes, I mean, probably the best thing that happens for the Pirates is that what Gorski did last year was for real, and it started translating at the upper levels really fast. And I, I would love for that to happen. It just, for me, it screams that he's a 24-year-old playing against a bunch of teenagers. We saw it the year before with another Matt, <laughs> Frazier, right? Yeah, he yeah. blew it up. They, you know, I mean, it was almost, you know, exact timing, exact, you know, he was at low A for this long. You know, yep. double A and, you know, and then preaching halt this year. So, and it doesn't yeah. mean he won't bounce back. Who knows what, but right. It's hard to, you know, we're the pirates. We can't count on. You know, can't we count do. on good things. Our happening. front office counts on them. Well, we, we don't get the Cardinals devil magic, like Brendan Donovan coming up out of nowhere and being a four war player. Like, it, just, it just never happens. Yeah. No. It's disgusting. With it. I mean, it's, I who they bring up. I don't care. They take us. Yep. A- and they put him in his closer, and he's fantastic. And the next year, he's a starter, and he's fantastic. And we, we can't ever get a, a pitcher to have two good years in a row. I will say this: like the starting rotation is going to at least be like very serviceable, right? And so again, you look at those guys, and you're saying, okay, who who out of these people needs to really step up? And I think you know the obvious choices are Keller and Contreras. Like those two just need to kind of take like the next step. In order to this be this this rotation be actually good, um, but yeah, like the days are over where you know hopefully hopefully over where Dwayne Underwood Jr. is starting a game, you know, as, right. a, as a opener. Um, you know, hopefully those days are over. Right? I, I I hope he's out of the bullpen entirely. He uh, he's so bad. Uh, nice guy, <laughs> so bad. But no, I agree. Like the bull, the rotation. I genuinely believe while healthy is like middle of the road in the league. And I think um, you, you know, you brought up a good point that's saying just even having like a serviceable rotation is going to save the bullpen arms, you know, poor, I, I can, mm-hmm. like, you know, like he's a poor Will crow was dying out there. His arm was shredded cheese. I, I mean, hopefully Bednar isn't pitching 50, 60 pitches to close out a game against the Dodgers. Yeah. Like we actually have like actual options in there, and so like, I guess when I look at this team, at, like at the moment, maybe I'm pessimistic, but I see 70, 71 min- wins at a max, especially if Reynolds isn't there. But I guess I can convince myself in a universe where the prospects come up, they start performing, and like you go on that run after the All Star break that you kind of saw the Orioles were doing, when like mm-hmm. when they had Gunner and Henderson come up. Now I will and call they were doing American League East. Yeah, and going for us, they're in the American League East. We're in the NL Central. The Cubs don't terrify me. The Cubs are kind of mediocre. The Reds are going to be worse than us. 
Uh, the Brewers, I think, are the best team in the division. The Cardinals pitching staff is kind of a mess. Like, there is something for the taking here. I'm not saying it's going to be immediately to wild card. I don't think that's going to happen at all. But I do think we can take advantage of a weaker NL Central like the Tigers did, where they just had a serviceable pitching staff and an elite bullpen with a terrible offense. Like, they were, like, second to last in the league in offense and still won 77 games. And before the collapse last year, we're like the team on the up and up. Yeah. The schedule is a little different. You know, we play every team. We won't play as many games against mm-hmm. the, uh, the NL centrals we have in the past. Bad timing for that. Right. <laughs> you know, great. More games against the Yankees. And, you know, <laughs> uh, well, is this like 13 games or something like that? Like, I still think like a, a, a good, I, it's a decent amount. I mean, yeah, it, it's still yeah. Poker. Yeah, no. But yeah, I mean, but the Cubs, the, the Cubs just signed Hosmer, so right. I mean, we rolled of... into to Cincinnati last year. You know, they were two and twenty three, and you know we lost. I mean, we're so sure we're going to go in and steamroll Cincinnati, and I think we, you know, one game was rained out. We, I think we won one of the three remaining. I mean, it just every I time you count, it. oh hey, we're going to beat up on Cincinnati and the Cubs, and it's just not how it works out. <laughs> Funny. Maybe maybe I'm too young to be this pessimistic, but I knew going into that Cincy series we were going to get smacked. I knew because I was going to the game. <laughs> so, although I did see uh, Yoshi and uh, uh, Diego Castillo and Brian Reynolds all hit a home run, and you know I, I was like, wait, Yoshi and you know finally hit yeah. home run. <laughs> Cole Tucker had two hits, so <laughs> maybe his last two hits is a pirate. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, it might have been. <laughs> and I, I guess that's actually a pretty decent point is like inadvertently is like the bench and like the role players on this team this year are just going to be miles better than Josh Van Meter and except for catcher mm-hmm. because I, I get the Austin Hedges signing. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I get it. You, you get guys like Tristan McKenzie, who's one of the brightest pitchers in the game, talk about how he helped his development. Like I get that, mm-hmm. but like he's gonna be so offensively. Heineman's gonna be terrible. But, like, Joe, I actually like – he was hurt all of last year, and I feel like his 2021 stats, he's pretty good. And I think he works in that platoon area. I think Santana and Choi will be good. Yeah, I have, yeah I'm fine. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, maybe it's me talking myself into this. I genuinely believe Jack Suwinski will take steps forward this year. And so, like – He almost had to, right? Like, that was too fluky last year. He couldn't mm-hmm. get a hit on the road. I mean, it, uh, you know, yeah, okay, he struggled against – left. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, lefties that's fine that, that, mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle against lefties but i mean this you know what did he hit 173 on the road i mean that forgot he couldn't him. hit on the road at all he had yeah. a wrc so wrc yeah. plus league average is 100 he had a wrc plus of three on the road <laughs> doesn't seem possible <laughs> I that right all i'd have to do is lean into one <laughs> yeah i pitched a couple times and right. you got it yeah. on the three right. way to run square plus yeah <laughs> And I would and I would say that um, Castro, if post call up Castro was real, and we have Bay, those are way better bench options than Diego Castillo and Cal Mitchell ever could be. Yeah. So I, I do think there's like a sizable improvement to this team, but that's kind of like clearing a bar is stuck on the ground. Right. Yeah, I'm still concerned yeah. that we're gonna have, you know, for six, seven, eight, and nine are all gonna be 200 hitters that you know, you know the. O- OPS of you know 670 or something. I mean, you know, hedges and I'm I'm 100% on board with the hedges signing. That uh we're going to have young catchers coming up. We've got young pitchers, you know, put them to work. That that's fine. Um but when you got three other guys 
hitting 179, <laughs> you know, yeah. it becomes a problem. You can hide one, maybe even two, but man. And I, I, just like, I, I, I like this lineup a lot when Reynolds, I actually had quite a bit when Reynolds is in it. I hate it without him. Yeah. Just oh, taking him out just like ruins a bunch. Well, he's so important and he's so good. Internally, right. Who is, we have to go get somebody else. There's no, I mean, we, you just, we just can't throw Travis Swaggerty out there and, and expect that, that kind of, and it, I mean, I have kind of some hope for Kanan Smith and Jigba. At least he gets on base and, you know, throughout his, his career, um, you know, he got nothing, we, nothing to judge him on here, but if, you know, maybe if, if he could, uh, Get get some at bats and 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 uh, you know at least get on base, be a two sixty hitter instead of a you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know he's got no power, and, and you know we keep so, sort of saying, oh, this guy doesn't have power. But you know Cruz and Castro, but they can only make up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, they can only make yeah. up for so many guys. Not you know they, that's they have to make up for Hedges, Hayes, Bay, you know <laughs> whomever else is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think I think Bay is going to be a plus bat. Like I think he's going to be above average. But I get what you mean. I guess what do you think guys like Nick Gonzalez are going to be able to break into the team this year? That that's uh my topic is a Nick Gonzalez topic. So oh, that's a great segue. Beautiful. Right? We're about 20 minutes in. Let's segue. Doug. Well, that, yeah. What's that's my question what is we got? I'm just really curious what you guys think is gonna happen with Nick Nick Gonzalez this year, especially if Castro you know, plays like he did toward the end of last year. If, if he looks like he's going to be a guy that hits between 20 and 25 home runs, uh, you know, builds a rapport, you know, with uh, Cruz and, you know, turning some, I mean, they did turn some spectacular double plays. They're, they're not that great on the standard, you know, uh, everyday average play, but some of those uh, double plays were amazing. Um, so, so, and if Nick Gonzalez is yet to tear it up for a, even a half season in the minors. Uh, he seems to start slow. Um, you know, his numbers were decent last year. They weren't as bad as, uh, you know, I think a lot of people said, but you know, the year before he had one good month in, in Greensboro where, you know, where he just crushed it there in, in you know, August and, and you know, into September and then went to the, you know, Arizona fall league and tore it up this year. It was just in the Arizona fall league. It, you know, what's he's, I'm assuming he's going to be a triple a to start, start the season. Uh, you know, what's he going to do and is he coming up? Is he going to play second? Uh, you know, what do you think is going to happen with him? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have flip flopped on Nick Gonzalez as a prospect more than probably anyone um, because right. yeah. <laughs> I, I just watching him hit at the beginning of this year was painful. His swing was bad. His pitch, pitch recognition was awful. And then he gets hurt, and I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of done with him. Like maybe like trade him off for MLB pitching. But then he came back post injury and looked like a man reborn. Um, and Nick Gonzalez post injury was tearing to cover off the ball. Um, and I, it's hard for me to put a whole lot of stock in Arizona League stats because the Arizona League is just a hitter's paradise. But I actually am semi-high on Gonzalez and I actually would be okay like if he proves himself in AAA like I want him up in the majors but I would say that the Pirates do not cannot afford to be worried about blocking players if Nick Gonzalez is good enough for this team you find a spot for him if that means shunting Castro to play DH 
so be it. If it means putting Gonzalez at DH or making him one corner outfield, so be it. But the Pirates are never going to spend the money needed to fill needs. And so if Gonzalez is for real, you fit him into the lineup because we just do not have the bats right now to say, nope, we don't have space for you. Like, and that is also assuming Castro repeats last year, which I, I want to believe. And I'm 50 50 on it because Castro can hit the cover off the ball, but his approach is horrible. <laughs> he doesn't walk and he strikes out a lot. So that's what worries me. And I think Gonzalez really worked on his walk and K rate post injury. And so that's why I'd probably see him more as a second baseman of the future and Castro kind of slotting into that DH backup third base role. Real yeah. quick post injury, Nick Gonzalez, uh, 286 batting average, 408 on base percentage, 505 slugging, a 912 OPS, and a 150 weighted runs created plus. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. We sure we sure <laughs> squeeze that into the lineup, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, like, hey, uh, the, 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 you know, the joke around Twitter is like he's Nick Bustalis, and I used to call him that. But for now, he's beaten the allegations. I, I'm I'm slowly becoming a believer again. Yeah, I'd love to see him. You know, June seventeenth, June twenty first, whenever, <laughs> whenever Super Two, whenever uh, Charrington feels that Super Two is safely passed, <laughs> you know, put him right up there. And yeah, with Castro. Mm-hmm. There's lots of at bats for Castro, right? He can he can spell Hayes, he can spell Gonzalez, DH, and I'm sure they'll run him out in the outfield once in a while. Which at this well, point, given our outfielders, it might not. Well, I, I'm just curious, I actually don't know this. I'm gonna look. Has Nick Gonzalez ever played outfield? I don't think he ever has. I I can't say for sure. I don't know. He is not. I mean, I, I, and like you, I, you can always pick up corner outfield. Like it is a possibility. Mm-hmm. I just. Would prefer he stick at second base because having a second baseman with that pop is extremely valuable in the league. Second base is not like mm-hmm. a place that generally comes with a lot of power. And so like if you can get like a 15, 20 home run guy, 120 WRC plus, so that's like Nick Gonzalez is like 90th percentile. That plays and that's seven years. That's like six years of really good second base play. Yeah. That's Neil Walker. Yeah, yeah. Who was good, who was like in his prime had put up some pretty good years. Yeah, he did. He was he was real solid. If Nick Gonzalez becomes Neil Walker, I will be the happiest man on earth. <laughs> that yeah. that is that is a win in every sense of the word. Yeah, absolutely. My two cents on Gonzalez. Just chiming in here real quick. Um, I still like don't have a feel for him because he's he's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, he's every single year so far that he's you know and and he got you know the shaft with 2020 like we didn't get to see him at all but and then also we didn't get to see him really in college his whole college junior year was was canceled and then he didn't have a minor league season so like Mm -hmm. we saw him debut in high a it didn't start off well he got hurt he came back and he started raking and then like it was like the same exact story again in 2022 i think the one big concern i have with gonzalez is just you know, when he was drafted, the hit tool was was what was being, uh, you know, sold to us as being off the charts. Competing for batting titles was the yeah. Game. That's 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 what the scout said, right? Competing for batting titles, and it's like we have seen absolutely nothing that has shown us that that's who Nick Gonzalez is. Mm-hmm. Um, the the strikeout rates are 
exorbitantly high and nowhere near where you would expect them to be for somebody with a, a 70 hit tool. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the batting averages aren't as high as they should be, but you know, I guess we've seen some more pop than we maybe expected out right. of Nick Gonzalez. So, you know, there's just some trade off there, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, I just honestly, before I, I make like a decision on what I think about the guy, I need to see him play like a full season. Like I, I want to see him start to finish play a year of baseball and then and like show us who he is. Cause right now he hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know if you can necessarily count on him to debut this year. Like I, I, I think Nick Gonzalez is almost one of those guys where you let him play an entire season in triple a, like, unless he's, unless he's just banging down that door and, and right, forcing right. the portraits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like unless he's forcing the pirates to call him up, I want to see a whole year out of him. Well, yeah, if I mean, he's forcing the pirates to call him up, they're not going to call him up. They learned their lesson with Cruz. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> I guess I mean more like if it's like June fifteenth yeah, or July first, yeah. and and it's like okay, this guy's ready. There's nothing else we can like. There's no yeah. way we can keep this guy down here. Then yeah, I'm sure. No, I, no, I, 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 I do get it. Yeah. And based on his history. But come June 21st, we're going to be wanting to write him off again because he just, yeah. you know, he just starts out low. Yeah. And then August, but and, and if it, you know, if it takes till August again, then you might as well leave him, you know, especially if, if Bay or Castro or, or somebody else is playing well enough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, give him the full, mm-hmm. it, you know, Henry Davis sort of has the same problem and just haven't seen enough. Yeah. I'm really low on Henry Davis and I never thought I would say this a year ago, but I think Nick Gonzalez is a better prospect right now than Henry Davis. I know we're not doing hot takes, but yeah, I Nick Gonzalez has shown more in the minor leagues than Henry Davis has to be. No, sorry. You, you had a stats post injury. What was Nick Gonzalez's strike rate, strikeout rate post injury? Do you have that? It was about 22%. No, that's an improvement. It was an improvement. <laughs> it was an improvement. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that, it's, still, it's not. It's not like it's not like exactly what you want to see, but I feel like he's going to be a guy that when he comes up, he's going to strike out twenty five percent of the time, and you're going to have to live with that as long as it hits. He's going to have to hit for power. Yeah, like if if he's yeah. if he's striking out twenty five percent of the time, he's going to have to give you that fifteen to twenty home runs. I agree. Closer because to this. He, yeah, because he's not going to compete for batting titles with that with that K rate. No, no, oh, he's not. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, Gonzalez has been an interesting prospect this whole time. Um, I, I think he was the right guy to pick at the time. You could, I don't know. I, I was kind of on the fence, like between him, Detmers, the high school bats, Hassel, Veen. Like right now, looking back, all three of those guys I just mentioned probably be better picks. But, you know, that's hindsight. Right. I, I was yeah. not big into the high school prospect game back then. Like, I didn't really know what that really looked like. But looking back and seeing Zach Veen was available hurts my soul. <laughs> Zach Veen is I so- was glad. I, I, you know, I liked that draft. And what, it was only, what, six or seven rounds or whatever it was? Yeah, maybe. five rounds. Yeah. But he took, uh, you know, he took all – I think Jared Jones was the only high school player. Everybody else was a college player. Yeah. And I like that. I was like, all right, let's get some guys that we have a little more information on and, and not just a, some kid that crushed it and 
Toledo, Ohio high school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting, cause like I said, that was the COVID draft. So right. you had, you had no high school senior baseball season. So you really yeah. had like nothing to go by. Yeah. That was, that was a year where, you know, a lot of high school guys went to college, which is why this year's draft, all those high school kids who didn't get picked in that 2020 draft are now draft eligible this year. So it's going to mm-hmm. be, make a, make for an interesting college class, you know, this, this coming draft, I think. And hopefully we promptly ignore because we draft Dylan Cruz number one overall. Oh, wait, he's, he's college. What am I saying? I don't know why. Yeah, he's college, yeah. Dylan, Dylan Cruz is awesome. I, I hope we got him. So, no, good good topic there. Anybody have anything else to add, Nick Gonzalez? Fingers uh, crossed. That's- <laughs> I, I'll, all I'll say is that I am way more high on him than I was six months ago, and I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I would say so. Um, all right. So let's, let's move to the, uh, let's move to the shared topic, right? We're actually going to pause on Pirates talk for a second. We're going to talk more Major League Baseball and kind of what's going on right now. Um, currently the 2023 Baseball Hall of Fame is being voted on. We've seen a lot of ballots get rolled in. Um, so really, I just want to know your all's thoughts. And I guess since uh, since Neil, we did your topic first, let's start with Doug as far as just your thoughts on, first off, the, the 2023 Hall of Fame ballot. You know, there's a lot of controversy here as far as, you know, do the do the people who, you know, tested positive for steroids, do that are they automatically disqualified? Um, there's some other people from, you know, the same era where, you know, you could make a case. I think, you know, Scott Rowland, Andrew Jones, uh, Billy Wagner, people like that. You could really make strong cases for um, Todd Helton. There, there's there's some good ball players on this list. So I guess I'm curious here, Doug, if you had a Hall of Fame vote, how would you fill out this ballot? Um, I'm over the I don't care about the PED stuff anymore. I, I just. Put it, you know, make it a special wing. I, I, I don't care. Um, we don't know. We don't know everybody who did. We know we know some people who tested positive, but lots of guys who didn't test positive, just as likely. I mean, a lot of people were using back then. Um, so I'm over it. I don't care. So I, I would put it. You know, I'd have no problem. I'd vote Carlos Beltran. And um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Andrew Jones, uh, Billy Wagner. I like Jimmy Rollins and Scott Rowland. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and Todd, I'd throw Todd Helton in there. My, his only, uh, my only uh, gripe with him is, you know, uh, Coors Field, but uh, he was a good solid player for, for a long time. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's my ballot. I'm not, I'm old, but I'm not that cranky that everybody has to be punished. And, you know, <laughs> they have to be a saint. Although the, you know, the baseball hall of fame is filled with, uh, non-saints, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't turn in an empty ballot. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand the first ballot thing. You're either a hall of famer or you're not, uh, you know, I, I it just, you know, how did Tom Seaver and Ken Griffey jr. And, you know, uh, yeah. Robbie Allen are not making on, you know, uh, first year, just crazy or a hundred percent even for like Ken Griffey and some of those others. So, uh, so yeah. So going through this, Carlos Beltran, you're, yes, you're a yay on, right? Yep. I, I heard Todd Helton, um, Jones, Andre Jones, Jones, Scott Rowland, uh, okay. Jimmy Rollins, and Billy Wagner. 
and Billy Wagner. So yeah. A Rod, Manny, Pettit, are you adding them too? Uh, I'm yeah, I'm A Rod and Manny. You know they're they're they're, uh, they're in Pettit. Boy, he's you know great in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. He he's. I'd have to really uh, dive a little deeper on him to to sure. But off the top of my head, I I always thought he was good. I, yeah. you know, I was, was, you know, very good. I just never thought he was the, you know, ace type or, mm-hmm. I mean, typically my, uh, kind of rule of thumb is I want five years of just dominance and, and then some longevity, mm-hmm. uh, and, and winning, you know, generally speaking, winning helps, but it's a little yeah. harder in baseball mm-hmm. than, than some other. So, you know, okay. obviously got it in, in as far as winning, but I don't know that he ever really dominated, you know, was he ever the best pitcher on his team? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at him. Um, he was a, gosh, let's see. He never won a Cy Young. Right. He was a three-time All Star. Um, yeah. And that's he playing. Did win, he did win five World Series. Though. Right. You know, so it's yeah. How how much do you kind of how much do you weigh postseason success with with regular season and longevity? So. I think he's a yeah he's an interesting case as far as if you were taking the PED part out, you know Pettit's kind of right. I think he's kind of there as a, you know, a borderline. So, right. Oh, and yeah. Sheffield. I think I'd put Sheffield in there too. <laughs> All right. Sheffield is one of those guys where the talent off the charts, you know, is just was the heart always there. You know, right. That, yeah, that's, that's the problem yeah. with is that you expected more. It, it yep. should it should be more and. uh um, but man, whew, when he was on, he was, was some. Yeah, no, I agree. So, okay, so you are all for the PED guys being in. You are you are pro course field with Helton being in there too. So that doesn't hurt him so much that he's he's out. Uh, and then you got the closer. You got the dominant closer, Billy Wagner. It sounds like. Yeah, I yeah the closer thing. That's another one of those. You know, look, took Lee Smith years to get in. Lee Smith was dominant. I mean, he was dominant I, and you know and when he when he retired he had maybe either the most or second most say you know and short the game's changed you know he, you know so you have to take that into consideration it's like the nfl with receivers you know it took lynn swan 20 years to get in practically and it's like you know he was clearly one of the best you know receivers of his era we just happened to run the ball all the time yeah no i I think I generally agree with, with, with what you're saying there. I, you know, I kind of always go back and forth on the PED guys, but I, I think I'm, I'm, okay. you know, I'm pro putting them in, but Neil, what are your thoughts on this ballot? So like, I'm like half pro PED. If you were in the era where the MLB was basically encouraging it and promoting it to the point where Bud Selig is in the hall of fame, you're in for me, especially since David Ortiz is in the hall of fame. I think once David Ortiz was in the Hall of Fame, kind of dropped the charade. Like, but for me, Manny and Alex were caught multiple times after that era, and so okay. for that reason, I'm not going to vote for Alex and Manny. But so I go Bobby Abreu. I think Bobby Abreu is one of the most underrated players of the 90s and 2000s. Like he never like put up. MVP level stats, but he was always up there as one of the best. So Bobby Abreu, um, I know people hold the cheating thing against Carlos Beltran, but he had like it's eighty WRC plus in Houston that year. So I'm voting Beltran. Um, Todd Helton, 
Um, Todd Helton hit like had like an OPS career OPS of like over 800 on the on the road. Todd Helton gets in easily. Andrew Jones, um, dominant. I know he fell off a cliff like with his age, but I think he he mm-hmm. was a special talent. I would vote Jeff Kent. I think he doesn't make it this year. I think he's going to fall off the ballot and maybe sneak in, but the guy was exceptional. I will vote Pettit because he is around 70 career war and almost everyone who gets into 70 career war makes the hall of fame. He was never like dominant, but I mean, like he put up some special seasons Um, and he was, you know, pitching in the height of the steroid era and Mm -hmm. he held his own and was one of the premier pitchers. He was never the best, but I would put Pettit in. I think that puts me at six. Uh, Abreu, Beltran, Helton, Jones, Jones, Kent, Pettit. All right. Scott Rowland is an easy in. I think he's the best player on the ballot, the most deserving. He was clean. He played and he was dominant for a long time. I would also put Gary Sheffield in. Gary Sheffield had a career WRC plus of 141. Um, He was just throughout the 90s. He was one of the best hitters in the entire game. Um, and then I would go Billy Wagner and Francisco Rodriguez, both just excellent, excellent closers. And I think that puts me at 10. That puts you at 10. Yeah, so I, so. I, I, I would follow an entire ballot. Ron Cook is a hack and he should lose his vote. <laughs> <laughs> so you go with 10. So you throw in K-Rod. Um, I, I haven't seen too many people with, with Francisco Rodriguez on the ballot. I will say, like, when it comes to, like, a stretch, like like Doug mentioned, like, that stretch of time where, like, mm-hmm. you got to be dominant. Like, he had that he definitely like, had- four- or five-year stretch where, like, he was, like, untouchable there as, as the closer and in, in for uh, the Angels. And you can um, correct me. I think he's fourth all-time in saves. Um, Saves. I almost is- positive he's top five. He is career fourth all time. Hey, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think be, right? he's got the five year window of dominance. He's got longevity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, if you, if we're talking Billy Wagner, then, then you basically need to be talking K Rod as well. I mean, both of them yeah. have very similar numbers. Yeah. Billy Wagner, they both played for 16 years. Um, K-Rod has 15 more saves than Billy Wagner for his career. So, yeah. I, I You, you kind of convinced you can, me on Pettit, too. And, I, and I'm, I'm yeah. somewhat hypocritical. Uh, you know, I'm like, I always uh, downplay hitters in Yankee Stadium because anybody, you know, it's a yeah. top fly in his home run. But, yeah, Pettit pitched in the American League East. You know, he pitched in Fenway. He pitched all those games in Yankee Stadium. And he, you know, he obviously handled himself pretty well, but we're beefing on Jeff Kent and Jeff Kent, mostly because he's just a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And I get that. Um, Like, yeah, I'm not saying he's like a good guy, but like, you know, um, the guy who like segregated baseball is going to be in the Hall of Fame. It really, it really struggles for me to really invoke the the character clause, if that makes any sense. Like if Cap Anson's in the Hall the character no. clause is kind of a, is kind of null and void to me. Oh, I I agree. It, it, it's pure hypocrisy on my part. <laughs> he used to complain all the time about what a bad teammate Barry Bonds was. 
right? Okay, first of all, yeah. being a good teammate, you don't go to the media and say another teammate's a bad teammate. Secondly, for all Barry Bonds' flaws, he showed up every day. You're out popping wheelies on your motorcycle and breaking your hand and missing two months. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You don't have the right to talk about somebody else. You know, you were not a great teammate. <laughs> you know? okay. So that, that's yeah. that. – Barry Bonds lost all leverage when he, after the 1992 like, NLC loss, he went to the media and says, if the Pirates offer me five beers, $25 million, I'll sign right on the spot. He, he gave up all leverage. And we still didn't give him an offer. So Barry's cool by me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I yeah. think um, I think I'm on, and, and I'm not even saying really more the character clause. I think I'm off on Jeff Kent in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think he was good enough, long enough. Like Jeff Kent's twenties, he was just a very mediocre baseball player. He really didn't get good. <laughs> Like until he went to San Francisco in his thirties, you know, yeah. and he, then, then he put together a really strong decade of baseball, but like he put together a pretty just okay decade for like his first, you know, eight years in the league or so. So I think that's kind of where like, he's, you know, a late bloomer. And I think I, I don't have anything against the late bloomers because I think, you know, if we're talking late bloomers who are going to be in the hall of fame, like, like Jacob Grom is a hall of famer, right. Mm-hmm. Even though he, he's only going to be a dominant pitcher for, 10 years max, right? He, he's, he was so dominant in that time. That so doesn't dominant, even matter right. what he did before, right? Whereas right. I think Jeff Kent, like he he put together some good seasons. He put together one really good season. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was enough to like make up for his mediocrity throughout the rest of his career, I guess. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, if you ask me to choose one guy to knock off that list, it would be Jeff Kent. So, And Andrew Jones, is he kind of reminds me of Fred McGriff. Andrew Jones, I think he was clean, so he fell off after about 10 years because he wasn't juicing, and now yeah. we penalize him for not having, you know, longer career and longer – like Fred McGriff, when he had, you know, 493 home runs, um, yeah. but he, he was clean, and, and we're mad that he didn't have Rafael Palmero and uh, uh, Sammy Sosa totals, you know? Well, so what do you want? Do you want you know, the clean guys? You can't have it both ways, so. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he would – yeah, and it's interesting, like, the whole PED thing, I think my stance on it for the most part is, like, I don't think it has – like, for me personally, it's not really an era thing. It's more, you know what, if it weren't for the PEDs, would you still be really, really good? And and I think you can say, like, for people like A-Rod or Manny or Bonds, that the PEDs take them away and they're still three of the best hitters of all time, Right. right. Whereas you take someone like Sammy Sosa, Sammy Sosa was nothing like without his PDs. It was like once he took the PDs, then he was like Superman, but like he was nothing mm-hmm. before that. Um, so I think that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to PED use. Um, but now it's an interesting ballot because there's a lot of guys who, you know, me personally, like I grew up with, right. And I you, you mm-hmm. watch these guys and, you know, they're now on the ballot. And so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see, okay, well, you know, like Scott Rowland, I'm surprised it has taken as long as it has for Scott. I think this might be the year like Scott Rowland finally gets in. Um, I hope. Yeah. But like a, just excellent defender, always a really good hitter, did it for a really long time. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know why he's not in. Um, 
and yeah, there's, there's a few other ones like Andre Jones, same thing. Like the glove, like, yeah, the, like the bat was good, but the glove was in, like best center fielder maybe of, of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. at least like post, you know, post, uh, millennium. Right. Um, so it's like, you know, what are we waiting on these guys for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it seems odd that, you know, with, with all the information we have, and, and again, these guys, we're not talking about someone from 1923. It's like, we saw mm-hmm. these play, man. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, yeah. you were scared the time Andrew Jones came up. You, you were sure he was going to catch everything hit out in the, into the outfield. Uh, and and same thing, Scott Rowland, he never made an error, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, just a phenomenal, d- d- dominant defensive player. Solid, solid hitter, you know, and Again, it seems like like Scott Rowland's another one. Hey, he didn't use PED, so his numbers aren't as good. You're comparing his numbers to those guys, but you're keeping those guys out and also keeping him out. So it, it's – I just don't understand the uh, prism from what yeah. you're looking at this. And I don't really get, like, the obsession of, like, first spell, like, punishing guys by not voting them. Like, if you think he's a Hall of Famer in year five, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. Why are we, like, playing the charade where, like – they have to wait their turn. Right. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. And then like, I don't even know why, but this one writer this year voted for three players. It was Roland. I think it was Billy Wagner and someone else. And he dropped all three this year and submitted a, 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 an empty ballot. I saw that. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, so, oh, so what, yeah, what did he do? Happened in the past calendar year. <laughs> Did he have some strikeouts this year that we didn't know about? Right. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I mean, heard a writer, uh, and this was way back when, but he said that he puts nobody in in the first year because the first ballot, you know, the first year of the Hall of Fame was is Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and Christy Matheson and Honus Wagner and those guys. And none of those guys. Well, so you mean to tell me that Willie Mays, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did, didn't make it? you know, wasn't good enough for you that Mickey Mantle, you know, some of these guys, I mean, it's just a, you're a hall of famer. You're not that, 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 that there should be just one chance at it. You know what I'm saying? So we can stop with this nonsense. You either vote him in or he's off the ballot the next year. But I mean, I, you know, I don't know who some of these guys are, or what they're thinking. That Jim Rice, Jim Rice was punished for years because he wasn't media friendly. Dude was an awesome, awesome baseball player. (laughs) And that's really where, like, even though, like, I could understand an argument where Bonds doesn't deserve to be in the hall, it really felt like it was, like, a media – like, the media just didn't like him. Right. Which is why Ortiz isn't, because Ortiz is a media darling, so suddenly PEDs don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a whole copy. And Bonds and Clemens are jerks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I, I think Clemens is a jerk. I mean, throwing throw, throw the bat at a guy like Mike Piazza, so that's just not cool. Yeah, I lived in Boston for nine years. I was there for his last four or five, and he was forty-one and forty. I think his last five years in Boston. Then he went to Toronto, and you know, I think he found some some uh, herbal re- herbal remedies that you know helped him, and he you know dominated again. But, uh, I mean, he was still, I, I think, from just what he did in Boston, he was pro- – I mean, and, yeah, oh, my God, he's a jerk. He, he was terrible to the media, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, Like, I don't yeah. even care if that guy's – like Bonds, he was a terrible teammate, I'm sure, in a lot of ways. But I don't like everybody I work with. I mean, <laughs> but they're produced, you know. I mean, that's <laughs> the biggest thing I want for my team, man, is – I mean, he worked, clearly he worked his ass off. 
he didn't just take the magic pill. He, he was a hard worker. He showed up and he played 162 games, no mm-hmm. load management. I mean that he, and batting fourth in that lineup, third, wherever they had him, it, you, that's a good teammate <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Now uh, it might be a fun question. Might be a little controversial. Cole would you, guys, would, would you put a, uh, would you put Kurt Schilling in the hall of fame? Would well, you put Kurt Schilling in the big moments, but he's another one. I don't think his career was that good. I mean, uh, you know, the, the world series with uh, Arizona, the ones with Boston. I mean, he, he had great moments in that, but his, I mean, he was a, a late bloomer. Um, you know, he, I, I'm just not sure that his uh, career numbers are, are, are good enough. He's close, you know, hollow, very good, but. I, I mean, I, 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 he put up 80 war in his career. There are not a lot of guys who get to 80 career war and have what multiple. Had, he, had, he, he had almost four separate. He, he had like four or five separate seven and a half war seasons and above. Like I, I, I understand why he's not in. I think from a pure stat standpoint, he belongs in the hall. But he also kind of set his own campaign on fire and burned it intentionally. So you, you lie in the bed you sleep with, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I, I um, mean, he's a nut. But they they called him Red Light Kurt in in Boston because like he couldn't wait to be interviewed. Like he, you know, he was always looking to get in front of the camera and talk. I mean. He, he was a definitely a different kind of dude, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he won three world series and he was a significant contributor, but I, uh, I think Cy, he never won a Cy Young. I think he may have finished second once or twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also he was, probably has like the most famous moment in like championship series history. The ketchup in the sock. Yeah. 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 That was an, uh, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that, you know, just again, I don't think helped his case. Right. Yeah. But it's like I said, politics are wacky. It's, it's one of the first things I ever remember because my dad's a Red Sox fan. And I, when I was four, I remember being sick and staying up watching that and ALCS with my dad. And now I just look back thinking I could have been a Red Sox. Yeah. Fan. yeah. yeah. <laughs> my son was born in, in Boston. And I think he's about eight years old. He comes to me and he says, dad, he says, I know this is going to make you mad, but I want to be a Red Sox fan. And he says, you know, I love the pirates. I love Jason Bay. He says, but I never even had a winning record in my lifetime. He's eight, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I said, I can't argue you're, you're born in, you know, just a little North of Boston and they're yeah. good and, and not so much on our end. So. Yeah. Well, that was that was good. So we got got through our three topics there. Um, no, appreciate you guys coming on here. Real quick, before we wrap things up, New Year's resolutions. What are our New Year's resolutions? Did we make any? I did. Yeah. Uh, All right. A one C has got to come down. <laughs> okay. All right. My A one C is higher than Sawinski's batting average on the road. So, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, it's the same ones every year. You know, get the blood yeah. sugar and save a little money there you go all right well i guess you know, I anything I, I need to get back into shape um and I, i'm gonna i'm just gonna be tra- aiming for a half marathon race and like actually try to compete in a, like a half marathon race in november so that's okay. gonna be good that's gonna be the goal this year there you go mine mine all mine's health related to my i i've just ever since COVID happened it was just like 
no one cares what you look like because you just sit inside all day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I need to get I need to get back in shape for true uh, as well. But well, no, but uh, ruined my respiratory system, and so like, trying to get back into yeah. running has been horrible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not fun. But uh, no, that's all I said. First uh, first podcast of the year, so I said thanks thanks for coming on, you guys. Uh, this was uh, this was fun. round Thanks. two, yeah, yeah round two of NS Nine Idol was a lot of fun. Um, it's always fun to talk about baseball. We can talk about baseball yeah. forever, so good yeah. good stuff there. Uh, but no, I appreciate you guys hopping on again. I think we're gonna have another episode tomorrow with two other contestants. I don't know who those two are, but we'll have a different host, two different contestants. So uh, come back tomorrow, same time, nine ish, right? Um, we did start on time today, so that was a that was a big positive. But um, but yeah, other than that, any uh, any closing uh, closing words, you guys? Everybody have a great twenty three, especially the pirates. Yeah, fire fire Ben Sherrington and force <laughs> nothing to sell. Oh, okay. there we go. I like both of those. No, those both of those are. I'm, I'm on. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh,